everyone, I'm your host Ria and welcome to College Board, a podcast that discusses the day-to-day lives of students studying abroad in the United States. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of College Board. One of the reasons I started this podcast was to highlight different identities and different college experiences. And today I am going to be taking part in a global conversation journey. In the May of 2020, protests began in the United States after George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmad Arbery, and honestly many other African-American folks were killed at the hands of the police. The conversation regarding police brutality and anti-racism has now taken a global turn, and we are seeing a new wave of allyship being formed. And this is a conversation that college students are an active part of, and we at College Board wanted to be an active part of it as well. So in today's episode, we are going to be talking about what is the Black Lives Matter movement, how can students be active allies for each other, and also how do students of color navigate life at a predominantly white institution. So it's time I call on my guest for today, Hikini Abu, a junior at Hofstra University, majoring in forensic science with a minor in criminology. Hikini is from Bronx, New York, and is an active student leader, managing roles as a resident assistant, orientation leader and is a member of the Phi Kappa Theta fraternity. So tuning in from Long Island, New York, here we have Yakini. Hello, Ria. Thank you for having me. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How's everything with you? All good. Thank you so much for being a part of this. Yeah, of and, course. Um, so let's get right into it. So we know that the Black Lives Matter movement did not begin in 2020, but has been around since 2013. So can you tell us a little bit more about the movement in general and also why uh, is it so prevalent in 2020 today? Yeah, so um, pretty much with the Black Lives Matter movement, I want to say that I it started in around 2013, like you said, and it pretty much started, um, I want to say it was based off of a hashtag that was trending on Twitter, actually, um, during the Trayvon Martin case, where um, we found out that George Zimmerman, he actually did he actually came out of that case without any indictments. So the fact that that happened kind of led to this chain reaction of people actually banding together. And that's what pretty much catapulted this whole Black Lives Matter movement into what it is today as a whole. But pretty much it's just the movement. So what the Black Lives Matter movement is, is pretty much a political, is pretty much a political and social movement that is going to, that's there to advocate and fight for the civil rights of people of color pretty much thank you for that brief overview can you tell us a little bit about okay why did it happen in 2020 mm-hmm. um well in 20 I f- well it's definitely been around for a while already at this point but i feel like now in 2020 it's more prevalent especially with the things that have been happening um across the country where we're seeing more and more um more and more cases of police brutality getting brought to light into social media and um especially with the, uh, with the George Floyd thing that pretty much catapulted it and mm-hmm. brought it straight back into the um, center stage for 2020. Not to mention one that actually took place, I believe it was like last week with, I think his name was James Blake or something like that, mm-hmm. where he was actually shot like seven times in his back mm-hmm. um, after like actively walking away from the police officer. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think that cases like that have been more prevalent it's not it's not to say that they've stopped but i feel as though they're 
they've become more prevalent in the fact that they're being actually shown within the national news a lot more often um, than they were previously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we have social media to thank for that too, because um, Black Lives Matter in 2020 was not just something in the United States, like it was a global conversation. So just going into that, uh, one thing is like, okay, Black Lives Matter is very important right now, but we have also heard why All Lives Matter is not an appropriate hashtag. So I, I definitely understand why it's not an appropriate hashtag. How would you explain to our listeners? Yeah, so um, pretty much where I stand with the All Lives Matter, um, that entire thing is that it only gets brought up in issues where people are saying, where people are talking about how Black Lives Matter, right? Mm -hmm. So what I mean by that is that, you know, it's not like every day somebody's saying all lives matter. In most cases, every day people are saying Black Lives Matter, right? Mm -hmm. Because that a very, you know, cases of police police brutality within the Black, or um, against the Black community are, is very, very prevalent, right? So, in those cases, that's literally the only times that you'll see these people come about and saying all lives matter. Obviously, nobody's going to be stupid enough to say that all lives don't matter. But how how can but I look at all lives matter as sort of this umbrella term when black lives matter should be under that umbrella. But people only people only say all lives matter as sort of like a protest against the black lives matter movement when no that shouldn't be the case yeah um all lives matter but when you get asked the question do lives do black lives matter you shouldn't your gut reaction shouldn't be oh all lives matter it should be yes black lives do matter because all lives matter like it's not it's not like you can't have one without without the other because black lives matter should be under that umbrella but because um most people just don't believe in the Black Lives Matter, their gut reaction is to say that all lives matter. And that just that just doesn't sit right with me because why are you protesting my protest? Like, why are you yeah. sitting here saying that all lives matter when you can very easily, like, like nobody's disputing that, but, you know, Black Lives Matter as well. Like, Black mm-hmm. Lives shouldn't, I mean, Black Lives shouldn't matter, like, as well. They should be within that all lives matter umbrella. Mm-hmm. Which Absolutely. in most cases, they just aren't. That was an amazing explanation. Thank you so much. So universities always strive to be inclusive spaces, you know, because that's where you'll see so many different people from so many different walks of life. So where, how do you think university administration can show up for their students? And how do universities make sure that this place is, it's not performative, like how is it actually being inclusive and how is it actually showing that their students have valued? Yeah, well, I feel like showing up for students, um, it can take many forms. It can be a simple check-in. Like I know for me personally, I enjoy when people just are actually able to reach out to me and like personally check in to like see how I'm doing, um, especially when certain things are going on in the world that I know um, that they know have a direct impact on my life um, to this point as a whole. So I feel like the university is just reaching out. I think that that's, that speaks a lot um, in terms of their support. Mm-hmm. And it also just shows that they aren't just showing, you know, just trying to show face and, um, you know, live, show people that, hey, 
we can do this too. We're um, here to support our black people and sort of sort of looking at that as like this um, this like stick this sticker pretty much where they're able to like show like hey you know we're here we're here we're here like it's it's just that that just isn't as genuine as um, as it could be to just reach out to somebody though I do feel as though universities tr universities definitely should try more in terms of that as well as you know implementing certain things like um there are plenty of universities that have um let me use multicultural organizations as an example right mm. um there's so many organizations that have them on or there's so many colleges that have them on campus but because of the fact that they aren't like avidly popularized pretty much not many people know about them in general like I know for me personally, I didn't know about any multicultural orgs on campus. And I know that a lot of my friends that go to different universities, they don't know because they feel as though they're like overshadowed by a lot of the predominantly white organizations on mm. campus. And I feel like that, um, that small little thing can be changed so drastically and it'll have such a huge impact on universities as a whole mm. as it pertains to um, people of color and their inclusion into into their um, college and university communities as a whole. So there are most there's several different things, but I feel as though just lending out their support um, by reaching out to students and being able to like actually widely broadcast organizations, mm -hmm. clubs that are um, talking about these issues to make these people of color, these um, students of color, actually feel like you know, they're not alone when going through these issues. Mm -hmm, absolutely. I so agree with that. And especially, I think, when you spoke about multicultural organizations, I think it's so important to have um, ease in terms of access of funding, especially for multicultural organizations. Since you mentioned that um, not a lot of people know about it, they generally have smaller populations compared to bigger organizations, which are predominantly white. So I think even just having like easier ways to access funding for these organizations is so important because that does help go, like it helps a long way um, to go as well. Yeah. But uh, universities to make a statement. I know a lot of universities feel like, oh, we don't want to make a statement right now because we could say something wrong. But I feel like I'd rather you say something wrong, but say something and then own it if you've said something wrong, you know, mm. like, but at least make a stance and make sure like students know that you're a part of the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like most of the time when they're making statements, it isn't as genuine because also because of the fact, like you said, because of the fact that it doesn't come early enough, but mm. also it seems as though they're like waiting for some some university to, to sort of set that standard almost to mm -hmm. see what they say and then just go off of that script pretty much and yeah. you know I, whenever i hear university statements in most cases i just don't feel like in most cases that they're as genuine as they can be because hmm. they're waiting because they have to like try their best to maneuver and say things the right way when you know that just isn't as genuine like you, there's no reason that you should have like three four people proofreading like as much as much as it is good to like proofread statement important statements like that it's it's better to just get that stuff out there and make it feel like it's genuine rather than you know you're just having 20 people proofread it and it's like going off of 20 different scripts that you've gotten from different universities you know like yeah. it's just not as genuine i feel like as it can be
Mm, absolutely. And uh, yeah, they always fall, always fall like a Harvard or a Columbia. And I'm like, yes. no, but you are your own organization. You have your mission statement and values that you live by. No, absolutely. I so agree with that. So um, we spoke about how universities can show up for students, but how do you think um, students can show up for each other? So like the term allyship is also very big right now. And what does it mean to be an ally is also really coming to light because you can't just say, oh, I'm an ally. It's not an adjective, it's a verb. So um, what is allyship to you and what what does allyship mean in general? Yeah, so um, pretty much what allyship means to me is to not only um you know proclaim it because it's definitely not something that you should go out and proclaim Mm -hmm. um it's something that you're that you just show up into pretty much you know you have other people label you label you as that and so what it is is just pretty much being there for people for people that you know um whether they're upset whether you know they're feeling some type of way whether um you know whether it can be a community that's oppressed it doesn't matter what exactly it is as long as you are there for that um, particular person or group of people um, in their endeavors showing your support and making sure that you're taking a chance to learn where they're coming from um, I feel it, like that's probably the most important part of it is that you're not only just proclaiming it is that you're taking the chance to learn where the um, where the group that you're that you are allying um, alongside is um you're just making sure that you understand not only the history but like their point of views where they're coming from obviously not saying that you have to agree with every single thing that they're saying but also just making sure that you're taking the chance to listen i feel like a lot of people they want to just go out there and um and and make it seem like they they're showing their support when in reality they don't know as much as they can on certain issues like I know that I've had friends personally that um, that have tried their best to understand, and they've come to me and have conversations like, "All right, I don't, I'm not as informed as I can be on this issue. Um, what are some things that you feel I should know?" And that goes a long way. That shows that 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 to me right there just shows that they truly care about um, a certain issue and that you know, they're taking the requisite steps in order to um, become an ally. Mm, Absolutely. I love that. And yeah, educating yourself is definitely the first step. And right now, like, the good thing is there are so many different ways that you can educate yourself to. It's easier. Like, yes, a conversation goes a long way. But right now, we also have podcasts. We have YouTube videos. We have even infographics on Instagram, which makes it really easy. And like, there are some Netflix shows and Netflix documentaries which would like shed light on so many issues so 100% educating yourself is definitely the most important step um so let's go into a little bit about you and how do you uh, navigate life at Hofstra which is a predominantly white institution yeah so actually coming into Hofstra I was I was very very like I was very scared but also I come from a very predominantly white um, area in um, in Pennsylvania called the Poconos. So pretty much, I didn't have my first African American teacher until like I want to say my ninth grade year in high school. Okay. Right. Um, but like that wasn't a full time teacher. That it was all substitute teachers. All my black, all my African American and black teachers. They were all they were all substitute teachers. Right. Mm. So. 
like it's not like I wasn't used to it in a way like I had been exposed to a predominantly white institution in like um because of the fact that I come from that area but coming to Hofstra sort of was like a culture shock because all these people they're pretty much exactly the same almost and I I just or I I had heard so many stereotypes about the people from this area and you know I was just sort of turned off by that in a way um but sort of navigating through this universe, through this university, um, you know, I've tried my best to, to um, sort of educate people on in terms of issues, because a lot of times you'll you'll be surprised how many times people say subtle things that you know are just a tad bit offensive, but also they don't know that it's offensive. Mm-hmm. And I found myself having to correct people or trying to make sure that people understand, like, hey, that's not the right thing or that's not an okay thing to say because Mm -hmm. a it's offensive or blah 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 blah. i find myself having to do that a little more than i'm that i've had that i've had to in the past Mm -hmm. which is perfect which like i wasn't necessarily used to at first sort of now more than ever i'm sort of used to it because i'd much rather correct them and educate them on the issues rather than them just going the rest of their lives without somebody actually speaking up and i feel like that's been um the case up to this point people have just let them slide with certain things so i feel as though sort of navigating through the university um trying to you know find people that are that are people of color as well and sort of trying to like not not just stick together but also expand and um trying to uh you know make sure that we're pretty much good with everybody. You know, I felt more comfortable going to people that actually look like me at first. And then after a while of me getting used to the people that I'm surrounding myself with on a daily basis, I sort of um, started to like dabble here, dabble there and getting to know more and more people. Mm-hmm. And within those relationships, I'm able to help educate them more and more on issues that are plaguing the black community as a whole. So I feel as though um, that's pretty much worked for me personally. Yeah. And I think you've left such an impact too because you were in OL and you were the best. <laughs> you really were. So like, I'm sure you, you've left such an impact too. No, I think that's amazing. I had a similar experience in terms of like when I went, like when I came in, I saw that I was around a lot of international students. Like it took me time to kind of find other people but yeah I was with definitely a lot of international students because like I, there was a sense of comfort there you know like yeah. we shared the full aspect of okay you're coming from a whole different place so yeah that was definitely a case but then very soon I found um, my kind of groove with other people too yeah so this has been so good so you can how do non-black folks show up for their students like show up for their black students black friends like how do we show up for each other um i definitely feel as though like i like i talked about before just simply just checking up on them especially when these issues arise like the thing with james blake last week yeah. the uh, entire thing with george floyd a couple months ago like those issues genuinely are touchy touchy for um for black folks so i know that a lot of us would just appreciate it if you at least like Go, went out when the extra went the extra mile to not only educate yourself on the issues but to just 
simply check up on us. You know, I know for me personally, I enjoy when people check up on me, um, especially when those type of things happen, because, you know, they definitely hurt me a lot. And having to like live through it every day of my life with that constant, um, with that constant fear is definitely not a good feeling. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, just knowing that I have people that are going to be there to support me and going to be there to have my back no matter what, um, I feel like that's probably the most um, precious thing that most people can do for other people because you're not going to go out there and change the world in one day. Mm-hmm. But what you can do is try and change it over time. And that's by educating yourself, helping to educate others and um, making sure that you're trying your best to lend your support, whether that's signing petitions, whether that's going out there protesting Mm -hmm. or um, make and making sure that you vote first and foremost as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. So I like to conclude every episode by asking the guest, what is that college tip for our listeners? Tikini, what's your college tip? My college tip is to make sure you are not on your phone as much. <laughs> that definitely is something that a lot of us struggle with. But um, I'm telling you, putting your phone on Do Not Disturb and just putting your phone away for the day when you're trying to get work done, it will save you a thousand times. <laughs> it will save you so much in, in terms of time. And like, mm. yeah, it will save you a lot. Yeah, but put your phone on. Put your phone down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Step away from it. Yeah. Thank you so much, Yikini, for having this conversation with me. I think it was so insightful. And um, I hope we keep having more and more conversations like this. The big, As you said, the biggest thing we can do as individuals is educate ourselves. So I will have some links linked below where you can start by educating yourself. It's definitely not the end, but it's a starting point. And I will also have links below for active petitions and any um, links, any organizations that you can donate to in any capacity. Thank you, Yakini, and I can't wait to have you back on the show. Yeah, of course. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to College Board Podcast. Don't forget to click that subscribe button and I will connect and connect with us on Instagram at College Board Podcast. I hope you have a great week and I will see you next week with another exciting episode.